Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Um, I love Mother's Day. I love moms. I love being a mom. Uh, This morning, I'm going to bring the word. And when Pastor Kurt asked me to do this, I was like, yeah, I mean, this is always an honor to, to be here and, um, and to bring the word. But when I realized it was Mother's Day, I was like, oh, it's like a double honor. I love being a mom. So thank you, Pastor Kurt and Emily, for trusting me today. Um, and, uh, and those, real quickly, before we really get into this, um, those of you that, that maybe this day has some pain attached to it, I just want to let you know that we love you that Jesus loves you, the love of Jesus has been just the flow of the morning, and that, um, that he sees you, and he comforts you, and, uh, and just whatever you're going through, we are here with you, we love you. So, let's get into the word. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Judges, you can go to chapter 5. Now, this is not going to be a typical Mother's Day message, we will certainly talk about mothers But all you men in the room, this is for you too. Don't discard this. All you young people in the room, this is for you. All you people, 80s and 90s in the room, this is for you. This is the word of God and he has something to say today. All right, the Lord. I believe that the Lord wants to remind you today that you have a territory to occupy and to defend. This is your life. This is your sphere of influence. Psalm 16.6 says, The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. In Exodus 3.17, when Moses is uh, gearing up to free the people of Israel, this is what God says. He said, I have promised to take you out of your misery in Egypt and into a land flowing with milk and honey. You have boundary lines in your life and they have fallen in pleasant places. You have an inheritance. And within that land, it is flowing with milk and honey. We could shut the, shut the book up today and, and move out of here because you know what? Jesus Christ, he did all this on the cross. The inheritance you have is what Jesus purchased for you. But today in life, you know, if this wasn't true, God would probably just kill us at the time of salvation, wouldn't he? He'd be like, cool, you said yes, let's go to heaven. Your inheritance, yes, it's in eternity, but it's also for today. It's also to live in a land that is flowing with milk and honey. What is, what is uh, honey? Honey is the sweetness and the richness of the land. What is milk? It's comfort and it's peace. The title of this message today is called Restorers of Peace. We are to restore peace when peace is not evident in our land. The book of Judges, the, the, um, the whole book of Judges is, um, is like, well, it's, it shows what happens when we fail to obey God by not cleaning our promised land, by not claiming it, by not cleaning it out. See, Joshua was told after Moses to go in and drive out all the Canaanites. And then when he died, the generations didn't do so well after him. And they allowed people to stay in the land. 
and the Israelites would turn towards their gods. They would turn away from God and turn towards their gods. You guys, this, this just didn't happen thousands of years ago. This is very evident for today. We leave a building like this and we go out there and there is a world out there that is trying to entice us, trying to draw our attention and get us to turn to other gods. We have to be in this. We have to be focused. We have to keep our eyes on God. All right, and it is important that we teach this to one generation, to the next, to the next. This is for our children. They need to hear this. All right, today we are gonna focus on one of these judges who turned the nation back to God, restored peace, the milk and honey to the land, and earned the title mother. Let's look at Judges 5, verse 7. It says, villagers in Israel would not fight. They held back until I, Deborah, arose. Until I arose, a mother in Israel. We're going to talk about Deborah. Now, as far as we know, Deborah did not have any biological children. That's why I said this is for every person in the room. You don't have to have biological children to be called a mother. A mother in City Lights. A mother in Greeley. A mother in the U.S. A mother in the world. Come on. All right, I see where we're going. All right, but what gave her the qualifications for mother? That's what we're gonna look at today. What gave her the qualifications to be called a mother? Now, at this point in Israel's history, Israel has turned away from God and they've done evil in the eyes of God. And in return, God has sold them to the king of the, Can- of the Canaanites. All right, uh, Jabin, I don't know if that's his name or if that's just kind of the name of the Canaanite kings, like Pharaoh in Egypt. They all have their own names, but Jabin is like the king. And there's this uh, commander uh, named Sisera, and he's a real meanie. He's a real jerk, all right? He would oppress the people of Israel. He, would, he and his men would go through the nation and they would plunder, they would uh, steal, they would rape the women, and they would murder the children. Now, how many of you would say, this does not sound like a promised land? This, this does not sound like a land flowing with milk and honey, No, this nation is under serious oppression from the Canaanite king, from this Sisera jerk. Is that okay if I say jerk in church? All right. So so this is not the life that Israel should be experiencing. Now let's pick up this story in Judges 4. Flip your Bibles back one chapter, and we're going to dive into this story. All right, Judges 4, verses 4 and 5. It says, Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet who was judging Israel at that time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. First qualification that gave Deborah the title mother was she was a prophet. She was a prophetess. Her and Samuel are the only two in the Bible that get the title judge and prophet together. Now you look at the other judges and they hear from God. So we could say, yes, they are prophets, but the Bible's highlighting that she's a prophet. How many of you hear from God? It's not a trick question. How many of you hear the voice of God? Guess what? You're a prophet. You're a prophetess. 
don't over-spiritualize the word prophet. Don't, don't downplay it either. We need to hear the voice of God. You need to hear the voice of God in your own life and you need to hear the voice of God for your land, for the people in your land, for your influence, for your children. My husband and I, several years ago, maybe 12 years ago, I don't remember, we were on vacation and we were sitting on a deck overlooking the ocean, telling you, if you want to hear the voice of God, go to the ocean. He's always right there. He's everywhere. I'm just kidding. Some people go to the mountaintops to hear him. Yep, right there. Okay. And we're just sitting there. We're talking about our kids and, and just, um, you know, not really having a spiritual moment. But the presence of God came in and we began prophesying over our children. My husband picked up his phone and he just began to, to type out what we felt like God was saying. Over our oldest son, Austin, he has this, um, uh, he hates injustice, hates it. He, he is all for the underdog. And when he sees something right, he, like this righteous anger wells up in him. He is a culture changer. And Evan, my son Evan right here, who plays the keys, he's a worshiper. From a little boy, he used to walk around in the stores. He'd walk up to strangers. It actually kind of embarrassed me. And then I was like, Jesus rebuked me. And I repented. But he would walk up to people. He would not say, uh, do you know Jesus? He would say, do you worship Jesus as a three-year-old? Like, who taught you to even say that? Right? Like, that's so funny. But he's a worshiper. And it comes out in his music. He literally worships. He draws the sounds of heaven. He's an atmosphere changer. Okay. My son Dylan right here, he is a leader. From a young boy, he rallies up the people he's around. Marissa right here watched him when he was little. He had a way about getting the boys, like seven and eight years old, getting the boys to do some dirty work. And then somehow they would get in trouble for it. And Dylan's always in the clear. That's a leader. Now, right? Now, now he had some maturing to do. He still does. But this, but this, but this leadership is changing into evangelizing. He is now like on fire for Jesus. He preaches, preaches from his workplace. Be careful with that, buddy. Um, he got written up for that. But anyway, I'm not going to go off on that whole thing. But this, he is a world changer. He's a world changer. And then my daughter right here, she carries grace. Since she was a little girl, she has carried grace. She started dancing when she was about two or three years old. And she would dance on stage and um, her teachers and other parents would come to us and they would say, your daughter's like amazing. She's captivating. You can put her up with a whole bunch of other people and she kind of draws the audience in. And I was like, well, that's not a gift I gave her. I mean, Adam and I are not graceful people whatsoever. You do not ever want to see us dance. Um, ever. All right. And then after a few years of dancing, she moved into gymnastics. Okay. Gymnastics is like a crazy, powerful, strong sport. But the thing her coaches would tell me, the things the judges would tell her, tell me, well, not me. I didn't talk to the judges, but, um, that the coaches would hear from judges and other parents that didn't know who she was. They would say, who's that girl? She's captivating. She can, she can do these crazy backflips, whatever, but there's a level of grace and eloquence that comes along with it. Grace is not something to be passed by. Grace is a very powerful thing. She's a focus changer. 
When people look at her life, I believe this, when people look at her life, they're gonna see Jesus. They're gonna say, she is safe. There's something on her that makes my eyes look upward to Jesus. I want whatever she carries. She changes the focus. Now, what did I just do in front of all of you? I just prophesied over my children. This is the job of every single one of you. This is the job to do within your land, but also to do over yourself. It is important that we hear the voice of God in our, in our land or for us. Deborah was a prophet. Number two, what, what qualification gave her the title mother? She was a judge. She was the only female judge of Israel. She judged a total of 60 years. Now the job of the judges would, was to get the nation back on track. It was to pull them back, going the right way, going towards Jesus, right? I like to think of it this way. The job of the judge is to keep repentance active in the land. You are called to be a judge within your land. And the way that you judge correctly is to keep repentance in the land, right? When we're judging disputes between our children, you know, if they, if they do something wrong, like, like make a mistake, we don't judge them. We don't yell at them for that. Well, actually, don't ever yell at them. But, um, but when there's rebellion, when there's, when there's a spirit that needs to be addressed, that's what you go after, okay? Judging, righteous judging, judging the way God wants you to judge comes with discernment. Discernment is a gift of the Holy Spirit. You're walking in uncharted territory if you ever try to judge a situation that is not in line with the Holy Spirit, Come on, we need to hear that, guys. Do not tolerate, entertain, or ignore intruding spirits in your land. This is important. Sometimes we're like, oh, we don't want to deal with that. Oh, I, I kind of see some rebellion coming up. Oh, I, I, maybe, you know, I, I, I don't want to look at that thing on the computer, but maybe if I just look at it one time... You know, I I know maybe smoking and all this drinking really isn't that good, but maybe I'll deal with it later. Guys, I love you very much. Don't tolerate giants. Don't tolerate oppressors in the land. You have a land. It is beautiful, pleasant boundaries. Stay within those boundaries and kick those oppressors the heck out of there. Come on. Teach your children how to kick them out too. When your kid comes to you, is having a difficult time, address it. I'm gonna flip back real quick. I don't know why I need my notes for this part, but let's talk about some examples of intruders. Fear, if your child is fearful. What about your spouse? What if your spouse is fearful? How are you helping with them? Take control in the land. It's not just children. It's not just marriage. It's your workplace, business owners. It, this is your territory. Okay, what about anxiety, rebellion, sin? Those are oppressors. They're trying to stick their ugly heads up, kick them to the curb. We're gonna do a lot, a lot better than that here in just a minute. Deborah judged the oppression that infiltrated the land. She discerned it. She judged it. She was going to take it down. 
Okay, before we move much further, I want us to look back at verse five. We just read it. There's a key here I want us to catch. We gonna, I think we're gonna put it up on the screen. Okay, read the first three words with me. She would sit. Let's read it one more time. She would sit. We're talking about Deborah. What is she? What qualified her to be a mother? She's a prophet. She's a judge. Where did she learn how to prophesy and to judge? She would sit. Sitting is a wonderful place to be. Sitting in the presence of God. Sitting at the feet of Jesus is where we learn, again, how to hear his voice. It's how we learn to um, to hear and to prophesy what he is saying. And again, it's where we get discernment and we learn how to discern. People will ask me sometimes, they're like, Leslie, sometimes when you get up there, you're like so intense and you're just ready to take down every devil. They're like, I just wanna do that, I wanna do that. Do you know why I'm prepared for that? Because I sit, because I sit many hours I know there's many of you that do that too. I know Pastor Kurt and Emily, they sit. They sit at the feet of Jesus because when the devils come, they're ready to do something about it. And we're gonna see what Deborah did about it here in a minute. Well, we're gonna do it now. Never underestimate, never underestimate the power that comes from sitting in the presence of God. A judge isn't talking the whole time he's listening to the two people. He's listening. If you want to hear the voice of God, you've got to listen. All right, the third and final qualification that gave Deborah the title mother was that Deborah was a leader. Deborah was a leader. Okay, we're going to kind of wrap up this chapter four. I'm going to tell you all this because this is when it gets really fun and good. All right, Deborah instructs. She has a right-hand man named Barak. And she instructs him to take, a th- um, I'm sorry, 10,000 men to battle. God would give Sisera, the big jerk, Sisera into, the, into their hands. But Barak didn't answer the best way. He says, you know what? You know what, Deborah? I'll go. But I'm only gonna go if you're gonna come with me. So listen to what she says in verse nine. And she said, this is Deborah speaking, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the honor shall not be yours on the journey that you are about to take. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. (laughs) Okay, then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Now a transition took place. A leader, when you are ready to move into a leader position, you go from that sitting position to you rise up, you stand up. Now something's about to take place. Now the devil's a little scared. He knows in this story, a woman arose, all right? Deborah was not just a hearer. There is a time to be a hearer. There is a time to be a listener. She also was a doer. Pastor Kurt talked about this a little bit last week. We cannot just be hearers of the word. We have to be doers of the word. A leader is a doer. Listen to this, Romans 2, 13. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God. Oh, it is not the hearers who are righteous. But it is the doers of the law who will be declared righteous. 
During this ministry time, I was thinking about this that we just had down here. Some of you got free today. Some of you heard the freedom. You heard the voice of the Lord. Now you have to walk in it. Now you have to activate that freedom that the Lord just spoke over you. That's what we're talking about here. Free, um, faith requires action. Leading requires action. Maintaining and commanding peace in your land will require you to take action. Now, when you activate your faith, when you take a stand, you say, I don't know how this is maybe all gonna go down, but I'm gonna trust the Lord, and you stand up, you know what you do? You activate the heavenly realm. Come on, guys, this is so good. You stir the Father's heart. You activate the angelic realm. Do you know how you have angels all around you just waiting for an assignment? They're waiting for an assignment. They're waiting for women and men all over to take a stand and say, I am choosing to walk in what the word of the Lord just told me to do. I'm standing up. The angelic realm starts moving. You know what else happens? You rally the troops. You rally the body of Christ. When you stand up and you say, I'm not taken. I'm not dealing with this anymore. I'm not standing for this oppressor anymore. I'm not tolerating it. You take a stand. You begin to rally the troops around you. This is incredible. When, uh, when Deborah, when she went, when they went, all right, they had 10,000 Israeli men and they were up against 900 chariots. Chariots are like the big tanks of today. Okay, these, these chariots were crazy. So the men were nervous, but God said, if you will go, if you will go, I will give him into your hands. This crazy war started in the heavenlies and God disoriented and confused the army. And this mean, jerky, crazy Sisera, I'm gonna call him sissy now. He ran away. He jumped off his horse. Maybe he took his horse, I don't know. And he takes off down the street. He's like, I gotta get out of here. Something's going on. I, we're losing. We're not, gonna, we're not gonna win. And he runs down the street and he runs into the tent of what he thinks is a friend's house. He runs into this tent. He's like, I need a break. I need to regather my thoughts. I need something. You know, I just need some relief. He runs into the tent of JL. Mm-mm-mm. And JL's like, come on, sissy. I mean, Sisera, come on in. Yeah, you can hang out with me. She gives him something. Anybody know what she gave him? Milk. What is your land supposed to be flowing with? Milk and honey. There's power in the peace of the spirit. It's a weapon. Peace is a weapon. She gives him some milk. He drinks it. He's like, I'll just lay here for a few minutes. (laughs) She took down that oppressor. She took a tent peg. Come on. Anybody that says the Bible is boring, you read it. It would change your life. You'll be like, this is rated R material. She, She takes a tent peg and she drives it into the temple of Sissy. And she nails him to the ground. And then she's like... Okay, and she goes back outside, Israel, hey, Brock, here's your guy right here. The woman took him down. A woman took him down. That's not to say women are the only ones to take him down. Dads take him down. Men take him down. Women take him down. Drive that nail into the oppressor. Come on, this is your land. Take your land, take a stand. 
Ephesians 6, 12, 13 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces in even, in, um, of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand. Stand your ground. And after you have done everything, stand. Stand up and lead. Stand up and activate Get the, um, activate uh, heaven, rally the troops. Several years ago, my mother-in-law got diagnosed with breast cancer. And uh, when um, my husband and I found out over, after that initial shock, that couple of minutes, immediately we're like, no, that is not the best for our family. That is not the best for her. That is not what we are tolerating. What are we doing? We're getting the word of the Lord. We're recalling, no, that's not okay in our land. That's not okay in her land. First thing we did within probably 10 minutes is we got our kids. We got around and we said, we, this is what's going on. This is the diagnosis. This is the report. We're gonna pray for grandma. And you guys, we began to watch. This was so crazy. We watched all of our children rise up in their gift, in the way God created them to be. Everyone was crying, but they all prayed differently. Okay, Austin is just like, this isn't right, God. This isn't right. Bring healing to her. This is not right. He's crying out for that justice. Um, Evan, just, oh Jesus, God, you're good. This is not your best, the sweetness, the sweet presence of God. Dylan, through tears, is like, devil, you're a jerk. Get the heck out of here and leave my, my grandma alone. I mean, do you see it? Do you see what happens when we rally the troops? Everyone's gift gets brought up. I'm telling you, the gates of hell cannot withstand the, the body of the church. When the bride of, of Christ rises up, we take our place in what God's called us to do. God's like, oh, I'm gonna act on their behalf. My mother-in-law is fine. They, they took care of all that. Praise the Lord. That's what happens when you rally the troops. So good. Deborah was a prophet, a judge, and a leader. These three things earned her the title mother, mother in a nation. Judges 5, 6, and 7 says, In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, and in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned. Travelers took to winding paths. Again, they were oppressed. Villagers in Israel would not fight. until They held back until I, Deborah, arose. Until I arose a mother in a nation. Guys, know your land. Don't just, don't just exist in your land. Defend it. Restore peace if there's oppressors. If there's any giants, take them down. I want to end with this. Deborah's name, well, remember, remember you have a land, and your land it's flowing with milk and honey. It's sweet. It's comforting. It's rich. This is what we should be experiencing, staying within our boundaries. The name Deborah means bee. What does a bee do? A bee provides honey to the land. <laughs> a bee provides honey to the land. She restored sweetness to Israel. She restored the flow of that milk and honey to the nation of Israel. You guys have every right to release 
heaven into your land and see that milk and honey flow within your boundary lines. Lastly, this is the last verse of chapter five, Judges 31, 531. She says, so may all your enemies perish, Lord. There's an exclamation point at the end of that. So may all your enemies perish, Lord. Within my land, within my territory, may all your enemies perish, Lord. Say that. May all your enemies perish, Lord. I'm not dealing with fear. I'm not dealing with anxiety. I'm not dealing with with any sort of disruption. I'm not doing it, Lord. May all your enemies perish, Lord. But may all who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. City lights, may all who love the Lord, may you be like the sun and rise in its strength. And then the last sentence, then the land had peace for 40 years. First 20 was under oppression. She, Deborah, restored peace to the land for the last 40 years of her reign. I'm telling you guys, you have permission today. You have permission to be a prophet, to prophesy, to get the word of the Lord. You have permission to judge, to judge spirits, to judge anything that would oppress you, that would try to rise its ugly head up in your land. You have permission to occupy and defend your land. You have a responsibility to do that. And you have permission to stand up and be a leader. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us and we hope you have a blessed week.